Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey friend, David here and welcome to today's show. So if you've been listening, uh, if you've been a listener of the podcast through the last few, through the various podcasts as we've done this over the years, you've probably noted that there hasn't been a podcast in a minute. Uh, Truth be told, it has just been a nutso, just busy, busy season for me. Um, Gosh, you know, I know um, it's it's funny just looking back on it. I actually um, was doing a gig this past weekend. I know gigs are coming back for some people. This one was a uh, a pre recording for a conference that's that's going to be online basically. Um, so they had the, the speakers on a stage and we lit it and it, it looked nice. Um, and 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 I do appreciate actually two things. One, I always appreciate clients of mine who really take the time to think through what they're going to do. Because it does make for a better result. Um, so that's takeaway one, just, you know, random extra takeaway about lighting. Um, it, because it makes it easy to make the show look really great when they think through what they want and uh, how to do it. And then number two um, is that um, we haven't had a podcast for a minute. Yeah, it's been busy. Um, but I've noticed that, you know, gosh, there it's really split out there. Like there's some production companies out there who are just really hurting and really struggling and don't have anything. And others who are really specializing in live streaming and stuff like that, and they're doing okay. Um, are they doing as good as they would have been in 2020 had this whole pandemic not hit? No, no, they're not doing that good, but but they're doing okay. Um, and so, you know, I just want to recommend to you, if you if you are a professional in this, you're really struggling, you don't have work, um, look at installations or specializing in live streaming. It's um, not terribly difficult to become pretty good at live streaming and and do it for people. Um, and so that's my two quick takeaways there, but I'm excited for a couple interesting things today. Very first is I want to start a new series here on the show, okay? And this new series is going to be called Why? And it's going to be a little different than what we've done in the past, but it's just going to be me answering why questions. Maybe that's what the podcast will become. <laughs> Maybe we'll rename it to why from Learn Stage Lighting. Because oftentimes on the show, you know, I get a lot of questions from people. I'm answering people in the labs. I, I read YouTube comments. They see things online on Facebook groups and whatever else. And a lot of the time, my answers are pretty simple, right? Somebody asks for a recommendation of a piece of gear. They want to know how to do something specifically. Uh, they want to know how to use a piece of gear or they want a recommendation on a piece of gear or a console. Um, and we give them their answer and they go on their way. But the more nuanced conversation that I find myself getting into more and more with folks is why, right? Because a lot of times when it comes to lighting, there can be multiple different answers that are valid. You know, I, I'm running into this, I'm, I'm running a site, uh, you guys might be familiar with it now, called Learn Christmas Lighting, which is all about doing an animated Christmas light show in your house, okay? And on that page, there's a lot of times where people write something and they say, you know, why do you, why is it this way or how do I do this or can I do this this way, can I do it that way? And my answer often is, well, the, the truth is there often can be many ways to safely and correctly get the same job done right? There can be different setups of gear, different ways you wire things or set things up, and you end up with the same result. But oftentimes, one of those areas may be simpler. Another may be cheaper. Another method may be, uh, you know, quicker, right? 
you often have those three thing, those three attributes pitting against each other, uh, whether it be in lighting or really anything else in your lighting, any project that you're taking on, right? It's like you could do it fast and, and cheap, but it may not be quality. Um, you could do it high quality and you can do it fast, but it's not going to be cheap. Or if you go slowly, you can probably do a lot of the work yourself, get it done in a high quality way, but it will be slow, right? And so this series, and, and I don't know how long it's going to be, and I, I'll bring on some other people and stuff, um, is going to be why, right? Why, and just answering a lot of these questions, um, like the first episode, uh, might be next week probably, will be, why should you use lasers in lighting? Why, why even use lasers? Should you use lasers? Because I've been talking about lasers on the podcast this month here in September, and truth be told, answering the why first is actually a really good idea and really helpful. Um, you know, why do I talk so much about getting an even wash on your stage? Uh, why do lighting designers hate the color green? Why do so many people buy the Grand MA console for churches or their band or question mark? So there's a lot of questions out there, a lot of whys, and the answers often have a lot of nuance to them, right? They're not just a cut and dry, okay, here's the answer. There's more nuance, right? There's more, okay, if this is what you want, then you should head this direction. But if you want this result, then you should head that direction. But both truly are valid. And that's what I want to talk about this month uh, and coming up forward into the future. So that's what we'll be doing. We'll start that next episode. But today I want to talk about, and uh, let's make the title of today's episode, the future of live events, question mark. And so as we've been going through this COVID-19 pandemic here in the U.S. and international, obviously, you know, what we saw in April, uh, March and April, is everything shut down, right? No live events, no church services, no movies, no, right? It was just all no, no, no. And then initially, the first reaction to that, that that we saw a lot of people doing was, you know, bands and conferences and things like that were like, well, we can't do this, but we can at least live stream something, right? We can, you know, within people who are within basically our COVID bu bubble, whether that be family members or band members, we can get together in the same room and and be able to perform a show, right? Or wear masks or, or whatever and, and be able to live stream something and either do it for free, have people pay, have people tip via Venmo or PayPal or anything like that. And, and it's a way, you know, to make a little bit of money for somebody who's working as an artist who literally has nothing. And then as the weeks moved on, we kind of moved into the next thing, which was we started to see pop up, okay, these drive-in theater tours, right? And maybe you've seen these, maybe you haven't, um, and they're, you know, a viable alternative, which is just setting up a big stage and some huge screens and... <laughs> And having people pull up in their cars. And then a lot of these places, they'll sell people, you basically get two parking spots. You park in the middle and you can sit around it so you're away from other people. Um, or maybe you park in one, you sit in the other. And, and the other way is you have to stay in your car, uh, but you're still maybe separated from people a bit. Okay? And, and we've seen with that, I've seen, um, there's really been two different methods, two different approaches to this, right? The one is a actual live concert at a drive-in theater. Uh, and, and these which have happened, uh, they cost more, right? They cost almost as much as a regular concert, you know, back when you went into an arena to a concert, because ultimately they brought in just as much production, just as much stage, the artist was there live, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The other option, which uh, helps for more cash-strapped cash -strapped people, 
was to do the concert live in one place, whether that be a rehearsal studio or a drive-in theater in one location, and then broadcast it and and have it live to drive-in theaters around the country. And of course, the benefit to this is your ticket price can be a whole lot lower per car. And, you know, these work pretty well. Um, and, and I think people have had good luck with them. Um, people have done these also in like big fields and things like that, where they can park a bunch of cars and they're working. Okay. We've also seen, uh, some different things just to, to keep you up on what, what I'm seeing out there where they're in various areas. They're basically doing like live big outdoor concerts where they've basically barricaded off like little boxes, little sections for each group of people that come. So you come with your friends or your family, you buy, um, a box perhaps that's like, I think like 10 by 10 feet and you got to stay within that space. Right. And while this one might not be, you know, quite as, uh, people aren't as isolated, right. As they would be in all their, their own cars, they're still staying apart. They're not like all, you know, getting up close together in front of the stage. And so it's better than what we did traditionally. Right. Um, and so that's another option for a type of live event. But what I really like seeing and what I think is interesting is when we see some real innovation and, and something that's really different that, that can be done in the midst of this pandemic and hopefully we'll hear soon uh, be a viable business option. And so one of those I went to see this past weekend and it was called Tempo by EA Motion. Okay, so like E-Motion, but they put in an A after the E. Tempo by Emotion. You just uh, we'll type that in, and I will put a link. It, it was here at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, which means you got to drive on the racetrack, which I thought was cool. You didn't get to drive fast by, by any means, but you got to drive on the racetrack, and it was really cool because what this was is this is something different, and this is something that also you could do in your city. Say you work, you've worked in the past with a concert promoter or something like this, okay? Uh, maybe, you know, you've worked with a concert promoter in the past, you do shows, you play in a band, you're a church, whatever. Um, this is really a pandemic-safe type thing that you could totally do, and, and and that's what gets me excited about it. I was excited going into it. I was excited when my friends at X-Laser announced that uh, one of the people that works with their products was providing a bunch of lasers for the events, and it was cool. Um, and, um, and also... Um, I was excited when I went because my wife and I, we got there, we, we got in our car, we, we checked it out. Um, actually, a couple observations looking at it here is, um, so basically what it was is they took the racetrack and the areas around the racetrack, you know, the areas through the pits and all that, and they basically created a driving course where you zigged and zagged and moved around throughout the area of the racetrack, okay? And then within that driving course, you would drive by and around various, you know, sculptures, really, of light and media. So along the way, you'd see things like lasers. You'd see lights. We saw a kinetic sculpture, which is when they basically have, like, lights inside of these balls that are white, and then those balls move uh, to the music and stuff. We've got, you know, lots of moving lights, lots of truss, and, and done in sculpture ways. There was a section above the stands, actually, um, where in the stands, they actually went ahead and they hung projector screens and they had projections going. And then in the middle of all of this, which was cool, there was a huge pyramid. 
I'm going to guess, let's see, I'm going to guess it might be 30 or 40 feet tall. And it was completely covered on the outside with LED wall panels. And at the end, you got to drive through it. That was the, the end of it. And of course, there were lasers on top of it, which is super cool. And so this type of event um, really excites me, right? Because we know that this pandemic that we're in, we know that this time is here to stay for a minute, right? It's not going away tomorrow. As much as we would love that, um, you know, it's it's just not going to happen, right? And so what do we do in the meantime? One, to entertain people, which helps their mental health, because that's been a huge crisis through this time. And two, you know, make a living for people who work in the event industry, because this is a very real problem that that folks in the event industry, literally, you know, a lot of them have literally no gigs, no work, and, and no income. And they're not going to be able to restart like some other industries with some safety measures. This, I think, is a really, really cool option, okay? Because it blends the safety with the excitement of a live event. And, you know, this one in particular, I just want to talk about mechanics here, okay? Um, so this one in particular, like, you know, it... um. It was a drive-through thing. There were a lot of lights and visuals and LED walls and stuff like that. And their vision, which I think is super cool, is that this is something that they could tour around the country. Because anywhere that's got a speedway, a big park that has a lot of roads in it that they could convert, um, even a huge parking lot. Like I think of a shopping mall that's near my house that's completely um, shut down. There's there's businesses in a couple spots, but they're not traditional shopping mall businesses. They're like like corporate offices for Bridgestone and stuff like that. Um, but then the other half of this mall is completely abandoned and there's tons of parking lot. And just like you can put a carnival in a parking lot, you can put an experience like this in a parking lot anywhere. And a show like this could tour around the country. But I think there's other options that this inspires as well. And I hope this inspires you if you're listening. Maybe this is something you can do with a band you work with, with a group, with something like that. Is that there are creative ways that you can blend together the movement of driving around through a course like this with a actual live event, okay? How could that work? Well, um, you know, one thing you could do is just have, you know, a little simpler than this because this thing obviously had a full arena concert's worth of lights and sound in it, Right. And that works for a touring show that works for something that's based out of a big city like Nashville, where there's a lot of production companies and the gears available, right? Because literally no one's renting it right now. That, that works great for in this context. But in your context, maybe you're in a more rural area, a smaller city, something like that. It may be more difficult to do. So what could work? Well, what if you had like a park? Okay, I think of a park in, in my hometown, which was not a big town. It was a small town in Pennsylvania. And they had a park where you could literally drive through the park. You know, there was the football field there for the high school, and there were a lot of small roads through the park um, that you could drive through. Well, what if you, through that, just had various stations? So you would have a course, you know, there would be an entrance where you paid a, a ticket price to get in. Um, you could make it completely digital, like this one used the Eventbrite website to sell the tickets. Then... You put your mask on, you rolled down your window, and they scanned your ticket, and then you were good to go. I think you could also buy tickets. Um, obviously, that's not quite as contact-free, but then again, we're all going through drive throughs you know, buying fast food and stuff and Starbucks, and that's not contact-free either, and it's you know, seems to be going okay. But, but the point is that 
you could do this with different types of experiences. Like, what if you hit a park and maybe at one section there was a band playing like some cover tunes and then you went to another section and maybe you tuned into a different station on your radio. I forgot to mention that was part of this thing. There were FM transmitters to listen to the stuff on the radio. Uh, Truth be told, they weren't totally necessary because there were a lot of speakers out and (laughs) you could definitely hear it clearly. But I guess if you wanted to have your windows rolled up, um, that would, you know, facilitate you being able to hear clearly. Um, But you could have, you know, a band at one station, a DJ at another, maybe just an interesting light display going on with the music uh, in between those areas. Because that's what a lot of this thing was, was literally just like you walk, you drove through one area and there were just a bunch of pieces of truss at different angles and they were lit with LED pars in the middle of them. Again, nothing complicated. Um, Another area, there were a bunch of pieces of truss just on bases as you drove through and they each had a moving light on top of them, and they had some LED panels on the front. And that just, when anytime you take something and you multiply it by like 30, and and you turn some lights on, it looks really cool. And that's what this did. And so it's definitely not rocket surgery, but I think it's really interesting. And and the whole point of this, the goal of this, which I think was cool, was twofold. One was to prove that there was a viable business model for this in this current time. That a show like this, this tempo show could indeed tour between different cities and be profitable. Because if you think about it, okay, so the cost of it, it was about $50. It was $45. And when you pay the event break free fee, it was $50, right? So you paid $50 to get in. Now that was per car. So if you put four people in that car, that's really not expensive, right? It's $12.50 a person. If you put more people, it's even less. And, you drove through, and it took about 30 minutes to, to drive through. You drove through real slow, even stopping at times, watched everything. Um, totally worth it for the money. But because the course was fairly long, and they kept cars moving through it in batches, like, you could put a lot of cars through this on a given night, okay? Maybe not quite as much as a big concert tour, but then again, you're set up, and you're in this position for multiple nights. They did it for four nights here. And so I think it's a really viable thing, I think it's really cool, um, and I think it shows promise that, you know, this business model can succeed, and I guess we'll find out, right, um, as it goes. And also, this one in particular um, was kind of set up not to profit, right, just to prove the concept, and then I know they were making some donations to Music Cares, which is an organization helping musicians and other people who've fallen on hard times, um, and, and so I thought it was a great deal. I thought it was cool, and my wife thought it was cool, too, which is awesome. <laughs> I don't talk about her much here, but, like, you go, okay, David, you know, you're just this lighting nerd. Of course you thought it was cool. Duh, right? <laughs> and that's true. But my wife also thought it was cool, thought it was just a cool way to get out of the house, enjoy some fresh air, which, I mean, it's the perfect season for that. The weather just turned here in Nashville, and it's been amazing outside. It's felt so good. And be able to, you know, ingest some entertainment see something different, have something to talk about, have some enjoyment for some live music where you can bob your head, hear some music, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, This also brings up the point that a lot of people do this for Christmas displays, and I think that's a killer idea too, because uh, it is definitely a a way that that you can bless your community and make some decent money at it too. So those are my thoughts, guys, on live events. What is coming? Who knows? Um, Actually, you know, this is one type, the drive-through, And I also think, because I'm participating in a few of them this season, that the high-quality online conference is also something 
that is going to happen during this pandemic. I know it is because I just recorded one this weekend. I was, you know, doing the lighting for that one. But then there's another one called Salt, um, which we'll link to it. It's a saltcommunity.com. Um, I believe we'll double check that. Saltcommunity.com. Yeah. And um, it's a conference for the church, for for church creatives and tech people. Okay. And we've got, and basically what they're doing is that we're pre-recording all the sessions. Um, the speakers will be there live as well. And the really cool thing about it is that you can register and join it for cheaper than it would be in person, okay? Because it was going to be an in-person conference. Most years, it is an in-person conference. And they offer the ability for you to be able to get in for cheaper than the main conference. You know, check all the stuff out. There's other stuff um, going on with it, too. But I think it's really cool. And it's cool to see these business models that are coming out, Um because a virtual, think about the virtual conference for a second, okay? So first we talked about the drive-through, like the emotion, the tempo by emotion show that I went to. But then let's talk about as well the uh, a conference type show, okay? Um, you know, a any kind of conference. It doesn't have to be like for church tech. It could be anything, right? Anything that would normally have a conference can go virtual, okay? And you know, Salt's using a platform. I'm not sure what it's. It's kind of a custom platform, I think, to basically have everything within a website and have the the tech go really well. But you know, you can pre-record all these sessions in high quality. Be there for Q and A. Be there for the people, etc. And really, it's kind of a win-win situation because now when you go totally virtual, you're not limited by the size of your room. You're not limited by the amount of people you can get close to the stage to be able to see. Right. You could put thousands of people on something like this, and because of that, you can offer them a lower price than it would cost to go to an in-person conference. Now, is it going to be everything that an in-person conference is? No, the the networking and the you know the the bumping head to head with people and, and talking to people and meeting people is probably not going to happen, right? But it's a killer alternative and something that probably will continue in the future after this thing is done, because. When you don't have to travel, it takes less time for attendees to get there, takes less time out of their day, out of their week, whatever. Um, going virtual keeps that cost down. You know, there's there's a lot of good things about it. And I don't think it's going to go away when this pandemic's gone. But even in the now, while it's here, I think it's a great option as well. So check out Salt as well. Um, I'm going to be speaking at it uh, both in a pre-conference workshop and in the main conference. They have a, a breakout session that I'm doing. Um, about lighting for the church. And so, um, guys, that, that's what I got today. I um, just really wanted to talk about my thoughts about different types of live events because I really think that um, even though, you know, definitely the live events industry is hurting, people that are in anything in the event space are hurting, like a lot of people in, quote, normal businesses are kind of doing okay. And some businesses are doing great right now, right? And so, because it's not an all-out recession like everywhere, people are definitely still spending money on live events. It's not like everybody's poor and they don't they can't, you know, spend an extra dollar and stuff like this. They can't. And they want to because it helps them. It helps their mental state. It blesses them. It it gives them something to do, gives them something to talk about, gives them an experience that they wouldn't have been able to get at home. And in the live events industry, that's our job, right? Even if you do this as a hobby, even if you do this at your church, whatever. Our job is to bring excitement and enjoyment to people through live events. And so think to yourself, as this thing continues on and we have no idea when it's going to end, 
how could you be a part of something like this? Who do you know that could put on an event or something like this and be able to, to get something done like this? Because I bet that in a lot of towns and cities across America, we could do things like this. People could do things. Uh, you could do things. And be able to create experiences from people that they're not able to do because they've been cooped up in their houses so well. And not only do I think it could be profitable, but it's going to help your community. So those are my thoughts, guys, on the the new live event. Um, do I think someday we'll get back to normal again and have live events with lots of people in, in stadiums and arenas? I really do. I, I personally think we're going to get back to that. Um, I just don't know when, right? Um, there's some people who say that'll never come back. I, I just don't know about that. Um, there's been pandemics before, obviously, and things have come back. It takes a while, but who knows, right? I don't know everything. You don't know everything. Um, but, and, and depending on what you believe, you know, I believe that God knows everything, but guess what? He doesn't tell us at all. Um, and that's fine. <laughs> but either way, um, hey, if you've been enjoying the show, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be we'll be in our new series, Why, here coming up, just talking about the whys in lighting. Why should you do this? Why should you do that? I'll bring in experts and talk to some other people probably from time to time, and we'll have a lot of fun. If you do have any ideas on why questions that I could answer, I will actually open up the, the box for people that, that um, you know, wish to, uh, to contribute. If you go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact, learnstagelighting.com slash contact, I'm just going to double check that here. <laughs> um, there's a form you can fill out. And just type in there. I know it says stuff about that, that I don't answer questions there directly, and I don't, but um, I'll answer them on the show. I'll answer them on the podcast and, uh, you know, be able to help you out there. And so, absolutely, guys, thank you for uh, being a listener here of the podcast. It's been great having you. been great talking to you today, and I hope you have a great rest of your day and week, and uh, you do whatever you can do to make your life and the life of everybody around you better. Have a great week.